Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to regulatory pressures to marketing strategies. Over the last two weeks of September, members of the Organic Trade Association met virtually with 30 legislators on both sides of the aisle from 19 states to advocate for policies that they say will help all farmers mitigate and adapt to climate change, which the trade group characterizes as an existential threat to our world. In recently published white paper, the trade group notes that the global average temperature increased by 1.8 degrees from 1901 to 2016, contributing to extreme flooding, drought, heat, wildfires, and ocean acidification, all of which have intensified over recent years. OTA says that unless drastic mitigation steps are taken, the Earth likely will warm another 2.7 degrees by 2052, compounding an already dire environmental situation that is negatively impacting human well-being and much-needed infrastructure. To help farmers and food manufacturers mitigate and adapt to the impact of climate change, an OTA task force over the winter established a set of 10 principles to help evaluate and advocate for public policy changes, including ways that organic can positively contribute, some of which leading food and beverage brands already are implementing across their supply chains with significant success. In this episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast, OTA CEO Lara Bacha shares those principles and provides an update on the trade group's recent lobbying and legislative efforts. Speakers gathered by OTA, including from General Mills, Danone, and Organic Valley, also share how they're using these principles as well as organic farming techniques and other strategies to tackle climate change challenges. At a fundamental level, OTA believes that any policy that addresses the role of climate change in food and agriculture is an opportunity for organic to shine as a solution. But beyond this first fundamental principle, Bacha outlines nine more standards that the group believes can help stakeholders mitigate and adapt to climate change. When we think about climate action and agriculture and organic agriculture in particular, uh, we're focused on what agriculture can do to mitigate the impacts of climate change, uh, reduce the negative effect from agriculture, as well as mitigate overall um, uh, climate impacts by sequestering carbon, but also adaptation. Farmers are being hurt already by the impacts of climate change and the need to, to adapt is not a future need on the part of the farming community and the organic farming community. It's a present need. As policy solutions, particularly federal and even state level policy um, ideas are being brought forward um, as it relates to agriculture um, and either incentivizing or rewarding agriculture for for storing carbon. Um, uh, We believe very strongly that the Policies and programs have to be science-based, data-driven, and really meaningful. They have to produce outcomes and measurable outcomes. Um, Whether or not these programs are built around practices or outcomes on the farm, either way, they need to be rigorous, meaningful, measured, and and science-based. And in that kind of rubric, we trust that organic agriculture will fare well, because these are uh, practices that have been part of organic certification 
for uh, decades now. We want to see programs put together related to agriculture that reward good agricultural practices and enable systems to improve um, those positive outcomes. That's going to require research, technical assistance, um, ongoing measurement and verification as well. You know, of course, promoting promoting soil health and carbon sequestration are at the heart of any agricultural policy related to climate action. It's particularly important for for organic farming as well, and it should be the cornerstone of any ag policy related to climate action um, from multiple areas. Another area that we're focused on in our climate action principles is lowering the use of fossil fuel-based chemicals. This is a Uh, An important part of our overall portfolio, synthetic nitrogen is prohibited for use on organic farms, and almost all synthetic uh, pesticides are prohibited for use on organic farms. Uh, The contribution from the fossil fuels to create the nitrogen inputs is tremendous. It's it's a major contributor to the overall footprint of agriculture and climate change if you take into account the production of those inputs, as well as the impact of nitrous oxide in the whole equation around greenhouse gases in terms of application on the farm. So we would like to see policies contemplate the reduction of the use of fossil fuel-based chemicals in terms of um, how we think about the footprint of agriculture and climate change. Additionally, uh, we think the policies need to provide um, support and solutions for mitigation and adaptation. We hear about it every day from our members in terms of growing seasons shifting and having to move from traditional cycles of Uh, north-south movement on the West Coast in terms of specialty crop production, as well as drought and water retention and floods everywhere. So uh, farms and organic farmers are going to need support for this, whether or not it's through research or infrastructure um, development. And we're looking at what role the federal government and state governments can play in terms of incentivizing these best practices, encouraging conservation practices and ecosystem services. Our set of policy principles is not just related to agriculture. It's looking at decarbonizing the economy as the whole that intersects with agriculture in terms of on-farm energy production. Um, But as as you zoom out, our board of directors is looking at broad policies that are aggressive in their goals related to decarbonizing the economy as a whole and agriculture being a piece of that conversation. We want to see programs that... uh, Foster agricultural diversity and innovation and cropping diversity is very important to the overall mix in terms of uh, reducing the the footprint from agriculture, but also the sequestering of carbon as well. So agricultural diversity and innovation is uh, one of the principles that our board of directors identified, as well as equity and inclusion and and making sure that the the programs that are put in place address uh, parts of the food value chain that can be most impacted by the impacts of climate change. I live in the central coast of California, and and we've been seeing that every day. You know, farm workers are in fields in areas where, you know, air pollutants are escalating and and fires are raging. So these are are real impacts on people, and, and we want to make sure that the agriculture comes to the table in a thoughtful way and addresses all aspects of the value chain 
including equity and inclusion in communities that can be most impacted by the climate change. Several leading food and brand manufacturers and OTA already are making strides in several of these areas, according to Bacha, who adds that they can serve as real-life case studies for policymakers as they form legislation to address climate change. So, for example, with regards to carbon sequestration and improving soil health, Bacha notes that research from OTA conducted with Northeast University across 50 states shows that organic farms already have 17% more carbon sequestered because of their techniques required to qualify for the USDA organic seal. These include composting, cover crops, crop rotation, and reduced tillage. Among the food and beverage marketers already helping farmers adopt and benefit from these practices is General Mills, which committed in 2019 to advancing regenerative agriculture on 1 million acres of farmland. According to Christina Skunberg, who is the company's sustainability lead for natural and organic, General Mills is achieving this in part by encouraging farmers to adopt organic and regenerative farming practices by offering long-term agreements, which lowers the risk threshold for transitioning farmers. I'd say that our work to address climate change at General Mills has really never felt more urgent. Uh, We're seeing increasingly frequent and acute reminders of climate change right at our doorstep, as Phil illuminated. Um, From the wildfires in California, where I am today, to just extreme flooding in the Midwest last year that wiped out many of our farmers' harvests and really ultimately threatened livelihoods. Um, But I'd say that the hopeful news is that agriculture can play a really important role in addressing our climate crisis. And that's heartening to me. And as the OTA white paper on climate change tells us, healthy organic soil not only has the power to store carbon and draw it down from the atmosphere, but it also has all these co-benefits like improving water quality and supporting biodiversity. And it can even lead to greater long-term economic resilience for farmers and ranchers. And we know that at General Mills, as a food company, the biggest impact we have is through the ingredients we buy. And agriculture represents more than half of our greenhouse gas footprint across our entire value chain. So partnering with farmers and ranchers is just paramount to how we achieve our greenhouse gas reduction targets and, frankly, to how we build resilience at the foundation of our supply chain. So that is why in 2019, we committed to advancing regenerative agriculture on a million acres of farmland. And we think of regenerative agriculture as a holistic, principles-based approach to farming and ranching that strengthens ecosystems and community resilience. So, of course, we see organic as a really strong pathway to regenerative impact. And as part of that one million acre commitment, we're collaborating with organic producers to empower them to achieve the full potential of their operations through regenerative principles like keeping the soil covered and minimizing soil disturbance and keeping a living root in the ground year round. And this summer actually marked a really exciting milestone for us because our partners at Gunsmoke Farms, uh, which is a 34,000 acre farm in South Dakota, successfully completed their three year organic transition as part of a long term supply agreement with General Mills. And the farm's use of climate smart practices like cover cropping and and planting perennial crops was instrumental in their successful transition. 
And the organic wheat from that farm will show up in our Annie's mac and cheese for the first time this winter. So when we talk about farmer incentives for transitioning to organic and, and using practices that confer ecosystem services like soil health and water quality, we feel we have a really big role to play in reducing risk for the farmer and guaranteeing a market for ingredient offtake. So that's what we're doing with our long-term agreement with Gunsmoke Farms, and it's also what we're doing with leading-edge organic farmers in Montana who are supplying the wheat and peas for two of our top Annie's mac and cheese products through multi-year sourcing contracts. So there's no doubt that companies have a really critical role to play in addressing climate change. Um, but I'd say that this crisis also requires strong policies that elevate organic and regenerative agriculture as a key path to reducing greenhouse gas emissions and drawing down carbon. OTA's call to decarbonize the economy as it intersects with agriculture and energy use may sound like a tall order, but Danone's Senior Director of Food and Agriculture Impact, Tina Owens, says that Horizon Organic already is moving the needle towards the skull through its multifaceted Next Frontier project. As she explains, the project also is creating incentives for farmers and improving soil health, among other goals that it shares with OTA. We've made public commitments around reducing our emissions by acting beyond our own footprint to include the carbon cycles impacted by our business, our suppliers, and our farming partners. This includes commitments around ending deforestation within our supply chain and increasing biodiversity within the field. To that end, Horizon Organic has announced a significant pioneering effort of decarbonization for its organic milk footprint, moving the needle both on what the greenhouse gas impact is of milk and what is expected from the leading organic milk brands and the dairy industry at large in the face of climate change. We call this the Next Frontier Project, a commitment to become the first carbon-positive dairy brand by 2025. This effort will revitalize the air we breathe the animals we cherish, the farmers we support, and the soil beneath our feet. We're taking a multifaceted approach which encompasses the whole of the Horizon Organic footprint, from feed to farm, to shelf, to consumer. We already have 11,000 organic acres enrolled within our broader soil health program to ensure that we're moving the needle on the ability to sequester carbon within the farmer's field and are also focused on efforts that will reduce emissions from the dairy barn which will include ongoing investments in wind, solar, genomics, and more. The Next Frontier project also includes elements of animal welfare and farmer care and safety, which we'll be sharing more about as we move into this multi-year commitment. The brand announced a fund of $1.5 million annually to be distributed to our farmers in the form of both grants and loans for a total investment of $15 million between 2021 and 2030. We're working within our 600-plus direct-contracted family farms to target changes which can be made within their operations and invite them into this journey with us. We want long-term farm economic and climate resilience to be at the heart of everything we do, and our goal is to keep farmers farming. This effort is called Carbon Positive because we are certain the positive impacts will be many to the farmer, to the dairy cow, to the soil, to the climate, to the consumer, and beyond. It's with this in mind that we wholeheartedly support the Organic Trade Association's recommendations on policy, and specifically, the recommendation to develop programs that help all farmers improve soil health, protect farmland, invest in on-farm renewable energy, and increase research. We will be a living case study for how this works within the organic industry and the milk industry. 
Organic Valley also has a strong track record of more than a decade of pursuing renewable energy on its farms and helping farmers obtain grants to do the same through its Climate Start Farming program. As Nicole Rabovich, the Director of Sustainability at Organic Valley, explained, the co-op also is helping farmers improve soil health, manage manure, and protect farmland. Since 2008, Organic Valley has been an outstanding supporter of renewable energy. We have programming where we assist our farmer owners to install projects on their own farms, but we've also been installing renewable energy at our facilities. But to start, we, you know, we start with energy efficiency. So we upgrade our equipment to energy efficiency equipment. When we build a new building, uh, we build it to the highest standards, such as our LEED Gold office building in Cashin, Wisconsin. Uh, We also power our diesel trucking fleet on biodiesel, where we uh, have two biodiesel fueling stations that we own and operate. As far as solar PV goes, we've installed over 200 kilowatts of solar electric on our rooftops. Um, We partnered on the first community wind farm in Wisconsin back in 2012. And last year, um, probably our biggest project to date, We were the catalyst for the installation of 32 megawatts of utility-scale solar in 10 communities in the upper Midwest. 12 megawatts of this Organic Valley has committed to directly support for the next 25 years. So it's through this determination, innovation, and partnership building that has allowed us to achieve our goal of being powered with 100% renewable electricity in our business facilities that we own and operate. Through our Climate Smart Farming program uh, with our farmers, we provide technical and grant writing assistance to help them install projects on their own farms. To date, we've secured over $8 million in financial incentives uh, and installed over 70 Climate Smart projects, not only on farm energy projects, but also soil health improvements, manure management improvements, and also farmland protection. Uh, we evaluate five times as many projects um, as many projects through that technical assistance program. I would also mention that REAP, the REAP program, the USDA REAP program has been key to get these projects installed on farm as well as local state funding programs. Uh, beyond uh, energy and climate smart farming, we continue to uh, invest in research that evaluates the, our environmental impact. We've partnered with the University of Wisconsin at Madison on an LCA, a life cycle assessment. And through that work, we are learning what organic dairy farming practices have the least impact, as well as where we need to focus on future improvements. We're also demonstrating firsthand the carbon benefits of reduced tillage and managed grazing locally here in Wisconsin, where we have a 300-acre organic demonstration farm where we uh, use to gain practical experience that we then pass on to our farmer members. Rabovich added that while Organic Valley has made significant progress towards its share gold with OTA, smart policy and legislative support could help drive implementation of its existing efforts at a much larger scale. OTA's Director of Legislative Affairs and Coalitions, Megan DeBates, 
agrees that industry has hit many major milestones on its own through public and private partnerships. But she says Congress must do more to support programs to improve soil health, protect farmland investment, on-farm renewable energy, and increase research. She explained that during OTA's virtual fly-in, congressional leaders and their staff were overwhelmingly positive about finding solutions and helping more farmers transition to organic. And she adds she expects upcoming legislation to more directly address these issues and the benefits and roles of organic. With that, we've come to the end of another episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. I hope you'll join me again next week and to help you remember... I encourage you to subscribe to us on iTunes. Until next time, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive, profitable, and safe week.